I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Hey folks, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, January 31, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So there really are no surprises out here. We've been discussing higher prices. In fact, last night we discussed this downsloping trend line and I said it really doesn't have the same meaning as it would have had around a week or so ago because price essentially went sideways beneath that downsloping trend line which really diminishes the importance of that we'll get more into exactly what price is doing where i think it's going and how i think things are going to unfold in a moment first let me just take this opportunity to thank everybody who participates makes posts underneath the comment each and every night i love the interaction please keep up the great work i love the banter back and forth In addition, hit the thumbs up button on the video and also go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think would benefit from this information. There's a couple of interesting points that we draw out of the market today. First, let me just give you a snapshot of what I think the bigger picture looks like. We've been discussing the fact that up in this area, 271.50, maybe even a little bit higher, You see the 100 period moving average that we came up short of today is slightly below that level. There's what we call a lot of overhead resistance at this area, in this zone. But remember, go back to December and go back to mid-December going into late December when the market was falling every single day. Remember some of the things that were discussed. Go back and watch some of the videos to refresh your memory of the type of conversations we were having because you'll remember that it was basically the opposite of what everybody else was saying, the media and everybody else. So while everybody was running for the hills and all the analysts and all the other traders and mutual fund managers out there, they were all hiding under their desks and we were looking for a low. But what we also know is that when we're going against the grain, such as December, or potentially now, and I'll get more to this later, don't jump the gun, but it doesn't necessarily feel correct at the time. So what happens is, when you're trying to pick a low, like in December, you might be out of the money for a little while, but as long as you think your work is good and the low is going to come in, you have confidence that you're making the right decision, even though it feels really, really bad. We could be getting into one of those periods right now where it feels really, really bad to be negative the market. We're up a whole lot. Everything seems to be turning bullish, but I'm here to say that we're likely getting into an area of overhead resistance. Are we there yet? Well, we could be, but I think there's slightly higher prices to come. And let me explain a little bit of the reasoning behind that. There's actually several reasons. Number one is we closed above this downsloping trend line pretty handsomely today. I take that as bullish. We closed above a previous high yesterday. We closed above another high today. You can't take that as bearish. No matter how bearish you may be, that's not bearish on a chart. You have to distinguish the two. If you're one of the conspiracy theory people and you're one of the markets going to crash every day people, 
That's fine. You'll eventually be right. But you can't look at this chart and say, it looks like it's going to roll over. That's not what it looks like. It might roll over, but it looks like it's pointed higher. There's a difference between what you think something looks like because you want to believe something and what that thing actually looks like. We take the chart from a visual perspective and we throw some math in there and we take it for what it is. Could we have a reversal from here? Yes, we could. If we closed right back below this downsloping trend line, that would be bearish behavior for the market. That's certainly possible. Anything's possible. I believe we have a phony jobs number coming out Friday morning, so the market could certainly react to that. Now, the market may go up first, meaning the futures may go up first, and they could reverse. We've seen that before. But as far as I'm concerned, and when I talk about destination, and I know I've talked about it a lot, the market is headed for a destination, and it doesn't look, at least to me, like it's found the destination yet. And let me explain that for a minute. You'll notice that every single time I say looks like, if I do say that, which isn't a lot, I want to explain it. Don't ever listen to somebody telling you about a chart or telling you about a stock or a market, and they say it looks like, but they don't bother to say, what is it that thing looks like? What does it look like and why? So here's what I'm saying. So under what I would call normal conditions, when the market hits a very, very important destination, it usually has what we'll just call a reaction. Go think about it like the gap trades that you've seen the videos of or a lot of you have taken the course. And think about it in terms of a gap trade. And the perfect trade is when the market hits the number and it just rocket chips away from that number because it hit an important number and it has what I like to call a reaction away from that price or away from that number. Well, we haven't seen anything remotely close to that in the S&P. Let's go down to a 10-minute time frame and let's take a closer look. Here's the 10-minute chart and you can see we're comfortably above the downsloping trend line. We almost came back to do what? Retest the trend line, which is what? a former breakout area. We didn't even get there. What does that tell you? That tells me that the market is more bullish than otherwise when it can't even go and touch the test area or what should be a retest area. But what I also want to point out on this chart is where is the reversal candle even on a 10-minute chart? There is none. What about the hourly chart? Are we just going sideways right above that downsloping trend line? Where's the reversal on the hourly chart? It doesn't exist. It's not there. As far as I'm concerned, the market has yet to find the destination, the most important price level where it's going to have what I'll call a noticeable reaction in the other direction. Might fight that price for a while, but we haven't seen anything like that yet, which tells me there's still more upside coming in this market. How much more? Not much more. That's the thing. So as far as I'm concerned, we're in the zone where we're going to find a lot of overhead resistance. We're looking for signs and a signal of a trend change. But can the market blow up to the upside? It is possible. Can they go fill the gap up at about 280? It's possible. It's just not probable right now. It can happen. It would be, I would call it unique. 
but it's certainly not the probable scenario right now. But you have to be aware of both sides of the market. Let's say we went up and we went up to 170, 150, 172, and we came back down. But let's say all we did was come back down to retest the top side now of this downsloping trend line. What would that be? That would be potentially bullish if they stayed above it on a retest of what? The breakout area. So there's a lot to think about. There's a lot going on. We haven't even got there yet. So let the market find its destination and then we'll worry about it. Real quick, what's going on inside the numbers? So you're seeing the midday update. Let's scroll up. Let's look at the pre-market morning notes from this morning. Pretty standard stuff. Overnight, nothing changed. I say yesterday's close was bullish. We have no choice but to accept the current trend until and unless proven otherwise. What I try and do here each and every morning is center my members that subscribe to the Inside the Numbers report. I'm always trying to center everybody to what's important right now. Let's not worry about what we heard on TV at 8 o'clock in the morning. Let's not worry about what link somebody sent us in a blog. Let's worry about the here and now. So then I give some evidence or I give some clues to look out for what might happen. What happens if markets begin to consolidate or decline? That would be normal, I say. And then I give a price level, 26.75, where we would likely find support and where the bulls would fight the bears, where that fight would ensue, if you will. And then when you scroll up a little bit, I say normally there would be a retest of the overnight highs that took place and the market would want to feel the resistance up there. What does it feel like? Is there a lot of resistance? Does the market get rejected really, really quick? Remember what I just discussed? Or does it look like it wants to work through that area because it's hanging around there? So those are the things we want to watch out for. And then I go on to say, you'll notice that we'll be a chip shot away from the fat round number of 2,700. Is it likely they spike through that? And I say, yes, on the first shot, don't know. Most would think no, so maybe yes. As it turns out, it didn't happen right away. But you have to just kind of chuckle sometimes because it's sometimes yes, sometimes no. That all goes and ties together with the trick trap fool and frustrate. I was just being a little bit jovial there. Either way, before this rally has a meaningful pullback, we're likely to culminate at what appear to be an important price where a considerable amount of overhead resistance exists. Reference common sense market analysis videos like this one. And then we always look at both sides. So the other side, what happens if markets start getting much below 2675? And I go on to discuss that, but we don't have to worry about that because that didn't happen. So then we scroll up to the morning gap trades. This morning gap trade did not hit target one. So it is a no trade. There was a higher target as target one earlier in the morning. Some of you picked up on that, but I had to switch it up because price closer to even like nine o'clock in the morning started coming down to that first target. So that increased the risk and therefore I had to take it off and I switched the target. 53.16 did not get hit. So then we go and we look to the stocks on the move section where we did produce a number of trades. So we had six on the board and two remain open. Therefore, four remain yes, which means trigger was hit. We'll go ahead and take a look at the charts on a few of those as well. Then we scroll up some more and we see the index important numbers. 
And you can take a snapshot of that and you can go to your chart, look at the numbers and see what happened on these numbers or at these numbers in the ES, the SPY and also in crude oil, the CL contract. See if you think any of these price levels would be useful. That's of course if you're in the trading business. The first stock we'll look at is U.S. Steel, letter X. It's one of those, you gotta be kidding me trades. So the stock opened below the first target price. So it's off the board. We don't take the trade. The stock comes into the second target price, nails it to the penny. The low is $19.95. The high of the day happened to be $22.86. You all can do the math. You can see the chart. That's ridiculous. Another one that hit its target, GHL. You see here, the low of this candle here was 25.60. So if you didn't get a fill and there was a spread on this stock, it did bounce up and it gave you more than you were looking for really, really quick on a trade like this. But when it comes back down again, you all know me by now. You don't want the sloppy seconds, even though it worked again. At that point in time, you have to take your money and run. They're just not going to give you the same trade over and over and over again. Eventually, they're going to take it away. But nevertheless, it still ran to the exact number. Pretty remarkable. How about Cirrus Logic? Here's another one. The number, the target on the list was 3589. That was target number one. Never even got to target number two. Stock ran up to over $38 rather quickly. Let's take a look at another one out of the ridiculous. I've played this one before. This one's somewhat of a rodeo stock, but the target right off the list this morning, 84.75, and you can see what happened. Need I say any more? Stock was over 87.50 in minutes. So we're going to keep at this inside the numbers program, working hard at it every single day, and I appreciate all the messages. I'm glad it's working. IWM, we're back in our lane over here. This is my favorite market leading indicator, and you'll notice here, we talked about it yesterday, the 147.50, we were beating on that. Now we're above that and we're headed for a destination. It looks like they want the 100 period moving average. Will they get it? We'll see, but there's going to be a lot of overhead resistance across the markets, across all markets. So if by some chance markets break through and they have much higher prices in mind of an immediate nature type of situation then what the IWM would be doing at that point in time is making a run for its breakdown candle high, which would make total sense, wouldn't it? But right now, keep in mind, we're in the zone. We're looking for signs and a signal of a trend change. Where do you get those signs and signals? It's right out of the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader. Those of you that have taken the course know exactly what we're looking for. They come in a variety of different ways. How about the transports? My second favorite market-leading indicator down 20 points we'll call it flat but it wasn't up is it an anomaly is it getting tired is it a canary in the coal mine it's too early to tell but it's a puzzle piece it's a small one but it's on the table is it likely the transports have found their final destination it's possible it's unlikely why do I say that? Well, for the same reason we discussed before under a different conversation, but yesterday we closed above a previous high. From a technical perspective, 
while things can fail, that's a bullish sign, not a bearish sign. And I know all the bears out there are going to start telling me about all the MACDs and RSIs and stochastics and all that nonsense. You all know I use none of that stuff. Don't bother telling me why I should use it. I'm never going to use any of that stuff. It doesn't work. If you're using it and it works, you wouldn't be watching this because those two things don't go together. How about the Qs? Right into the 100 period moving average. You know what's going to impact the Qs? And I just thought about this now. I hadn't paid attention. Is Amazon's earnings. So what's Amazon doing after earnings? Let's take a look at the intraday after hours. And here we go. This is not it. I want the 24 hour. Hit the wrong thing. Here we go. And there we go. It's been all over the map. So Amazon closed the day at about 17, 18, or 19. It's now trading at 1680. It's really not that big of a deal. In percentage terms, it's not a big deal. Because it's not a big deal, we don't need to worry about it. We're back to the queues. Look where we are. Look up above and you see there's a breakdown candle high. There's a 200 period moving average up there. Not that far away. It's a couple of bucks away. Does it look like the queues want to get there? It looks like it. I don't know if they will get there, but it looks like it. So anywhere from here... There should be overhead resistance across all these markets. How about over in the financial district, the XLF? Anything going on here? Well, it wasn't up. It was down not that much. It was down six cents, a quarter of a percent maybe, but it wasn't up. So again, that's similar to the transports. It's not really telling us a whole lot. It could be a potential clue. It's too early to tell. It's a small puzzle piece. But it is one nonetheless, and it's on the table. The SMH, it was flat. It's not bearish. It's bullish. We've now closed a couple of times in a row above the 100-period moving average. It's bullish. We did not close above that former high from the other day yet. We tried today, but they couldn't do it. Doesn't mean one thing or the other. I'm just making mention of it. There's a gap right above, right here, right around 98.5. So it looks like they want to fill that gap. Will they? We don't know. It's going to be dependent on the overall market because everything trades together. It's all the same market. Gold. It's going to be interesting to see where the weekly close is. I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have a position one way or the other in gold. But there could be a trade setting up. So I'm watching it like a hawk. I'm going to update more over the weekend. I'm going to do some work toward gold because there may be a trade setting up I'm not sure yet, but I'm kind of stalking one right now. May or may not directly be in gold, so I'm not going to give it away. Crude oil, anything doing in crude oil? Not really. It's still a bullish chart, but it could certainly come down a little bit. It's working its way higher. This is a bullish chart. It's going sideways and edging its way higher, but it certainly can pull back a little bit. But there's no damage to be done until and unless you even get close to or below these moving averages, specifically the 50-period moving average around 51. Until and unless that happens, it's really just consolidating, working time off the clock, building some energy to push higher. I think there's a 57-plus in the cards at some point for crude oil. It's not really a forecast, I'm just kind of saying. Not saying it's going there tomorrow, but I'm saying that if this is and remains a bullish chart, that is the upside target. And that's going to do it for me. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. 
Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is Common Sense Market Analysis. Music